0: good morning good afternoon or good evening and welcome back to your favorite fortnightly fan fest of geeking in and the new year of geeking in as well that was really clunkily done i don't know what i was trying to say there but we'll start as we need to go yep if you thought we were going to be polished in 2022 i have shown you that's not the case. I am Jay, I'm your party host, so grab your bob and your beer or your brew, half a sugary and oat milk, just the way you like it, and strap in while we talk about all sorts of strange stuff going on in the world. Uh, I am joined, as always, by the incredible, the invincible, the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, and
1: he- hello listeners, hello, and hello to all the new listeners, because we've had um, another little boost in numbers over Christmas, so if you're joining us new... This is about as good as it
0: gets. (laughs) And they're gone. Uh, (laughs) uh, And if they have gone, they've already missed the highlight of the show. Mr. Fantastic himself, our flexible friend, the pyjama prince that was promised. Happy New Year, B. Hi. And that heartfelt fi- uh, heart high. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's all right. It's off, It's been a few weeks. It needs to get back into the rhythm. That heartfelt high goes out to our listeners from Hemel Hempstead to Dublin to Oregon and beyond. Thank you for continuing to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Um, and we hope you had an incredibly great festive period, uh, including watching all sorts of weird things that we. And if you want to tell us about your festive period, if you want to tell us about everything that you've got up to, then at Geeking in Pod is where to do that on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you can click on our bio on either of them, which will take you to the link tree link, which tells you everything, including Teesprings, where you can buy our T-shirts, our mugs and our masks. And it is imperative. We implore you to take attention when filling in the shipping details for your order. Because it's really important. I really don't see this link, but also I forgot the for so <laughs> the what
1: the topics are for today.
0: Because fuck? if you do not put your details in properly, then your order will have no way
2: home. Yay! <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Three out of 10. Oh. There, oh, to be
1: that's
2: very
0: good <laughs> and speaking of no way home there's been a spider-man thing um, now we will we will put this disclaimer out first and foremost because we are going to be talking about a couple of topics particularly um, in spider-man and Hawkeye um, and the Hawkeye season finale it has been, enough time that i think everyone in the world knows about these now mm-hmm. uh, however if somehow you have managed to stay off the internet to avoid spoilers either spider-man no way home or hawkeye then you might want to to come back to us at another date because we will be talking fairly spoilerifically about both how you are using the internet and have avoided spoilers i do not understand but this is the spoiler warning for both Spider-Man No Way Home and the Hawkeye season finale.
1: If you're somehow um, using the internet, somehow avoiding spoilers, but still actually coming in to listen to this podcast, I want to hear from you. You absolute nut job. That's amazing.
0: Except not on social media. Don't open social media if you're avoiding spoilers. <laughs> you won't laugh. Um, uh, yes, so Spider-Man No Way Home finally... Uh, landed after such anticipation, such uh, build um, and has uh, really caught a blaze. So this is um, not only the highest grossing pandemic film, pandemic era film, um, but it has now crossed the billion billion dollar mark, which means it's the highest grossing film since the last Star Wars film um, and I think is The third highest-grossing Marvel film so far, uh, behind the Two Infinities. Um, It's doing gangbusters, and it's doing huge numbers because it is quite simply incredible. Um, Where should we start, T? Let's start with you.
1: I mean, imagine if this was a non-pandemic release. Jesus, man, it would just it would it would end Endgame and Titanic, wouldn't it? Yeah. It it would just be insane. I mean, I, I yes, yeah, so I I snuck out to the cinema to watch it during a weekday morning. Um, I think the first showing at ten o'clock on a weekday. It was like you know when I just thought the cinema would be utterly empty and no one's going to be there, and it's an awkward time or whatever. Full, literally not a single seat free. Um, uh-huh. I went on my own, and it um it. I could only get a singular seat anyway, so I couldn't have gone with
0: someone if I'd wanted to.
2: Yeah, the real reason was you didn't want to share your popcorn.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's the reason he gave us for not inviting us. I don't know <laughs> if I believe him still, but all right. <laughs> hey man, you know I,
1: I actually did buy popcorn, and then I went into this packed cinema and got too nervous to take my mask off. So I didn't <laughs> Shit, there's a lot of people in here for a fucking Thursday morning. Um, right, No Way Home. Wow, wow, wow. Um, we talked a lot about worries for this film, and the main worry was it's just going to try and do too much. We knew there's going to be a Doctor Strange thing, we assumed it would link to WandaVision. Uh, We had thoughts that it was going to be a Secret Six thing, we had thoughts that it was going to bring in uh, Daredevil, we had thoughts that it was going to uh, do the first proper multiversal thing in an MCU film, and we had thoughts that it was, um, you know, possibly going to include some previous Spider-Man, and thought, right, well, that's just a recipe for disaster, you cannot do 30 different things in one film, and if anything, you know, the thing that has been the downfall of previous Spider-Man sequels of um, uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3 and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man 2 is that they've just tried to do too much, you know. They tried to jam too much in, usually for the studio interference, and it just hasn't worked. And then you go and see this and you're thinking, shit, it worked perfectly. It was amazing. And you just think, God, they really just know how to make a good film. It doesn't matter, all this kind of the amount of shit that's in there it's fine it, they did it so brilliantly and all of it was earned you know there's no one going into this film who hasn't seen uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man or um or um oh Mark Webb yeah Mark Webb's yeah Amazing Spider-Man and all these films and it was all earned and even if you hadn't you know this just you know setting the scene in the way that they were dressed in the kind of couple of lines they had all that kind of stuff it was just an absolutely beautiful film Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Came out smiling so much and just thought, man, you know, after Endgame, the films haven't, you know, kind of hit that mark. And I, even regardless of that, I just didn't think they could. You know, I, I, kept, I remember thinking... I will always have the infinity saga i remember watching iron man in cinema and i remember watching endgame in cinema and all the films in between and that's always going to be the bit that i'm an old man and i talk about or whatever that original infinity saga just it's never going to hit these kind of peaks again and it hadn't really um until this film came out and it's just like wow this is why i love superhero films this is why i love you know that a, a, a cinematic universe exists and continuity exists and there's old film that I can go back and watch and Oh wow, so good,
0: just so fucking good. Yeah, I mean I I, I don't much to disagree with there. Um B how did you find it?
2: Um Don't get me wrong, it's a great movie. It's it is a great movie, but to say it's better than Endgame Better than Infinity War Nah, not for me Um, It definitely had wow moments And plenty of wow moments But for me I think there was Just something Not quite there With it Um, Can't put my finger on it I can't tell you what it is Um, But you know I, I enjoyed it It's a great movie Uh, The acting's great, the story's great Um, It was certainly great seeing the other two Um, It was great seeing the villains I don't know, it just seemed I don't know, you know It it just didn't Doctor Strange didn't feel right for me Um, And no, I don't think it's Mephisto anymore Um, (laughs) Maybe if you stuck around for the end of the uh, Was it the last... It um, was. Credit scene, yeah. Um, I just, I don't know, you know, it's. You know, for me, Wong being the sorcerer, of super- I mean, it makes sense. Doctor Strange disappeared for five years, yeah, it makes sense. But it's, it's just, I don't know. I just don't know.
1: So, you know, I mean, just to be clear, I don't think it was better than Endgame. Um, I just think it, it went back up to the joy that I used to feel for these films before that hmm. um, it's interesting what you're saying about Doctor Strange because one of the struggles I've had with Doctor Strange um, up until this point either you know, just felt like he's just Iron Man all over again I felt that like with the first Iron Man film for like an Iron Man retread and then sort of by the second one and in Civil War you know, uh, and the Avengers really kind of you got a sense of him and that's fine and then with Doctor Strange, it just felt like, oh, his personality is just Tony Stark. You know, it's just Tony Stark with magic instead of tech. And Tony's tech may as well be magic. It's so sort of funky and futuristic. I, I, I couldn't quite get him. And then in this film, it was just, oh, wait, no, he's just an asshole. <laughs> That's it, right? Tony's... <laughs> Tony kind of goes through this change very early on. And I think part of it is, is like influences of people like Steve. So actually from... Um, the first Avengers film onwards, you know, by the second Avengers film, he's got this kind of humble part to him where it's like, oh, just make everything beautiful and I but he is the boss and all this kind of stuff. And Strange doesn't have any of that. Strange is just a pure asshole. And I like him more for having his own personality that isn't just Tony Stark light. I mean, I don't like it as an asshole, but I like it <laughs> for being Tony Stark light.
0: Hmm. I, I, I agree. I, I think that there's... Um, so the, the 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 kind of the, the, the defining moment for, for Tony Stark was um, the end of Avengers, mm-hmm. which then led into that, that PTSD of holy shit, aliens came through. I had to put a nuclear warhead through a wormhole and I almost lost everything because there's suddenly that that... Moment of realization that he's not untouchable. He's not, you know, just un- yeah, he, you know, he can't just. Yeah, yeah he well, is-
1: he, 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 made, he made the sacrifice. It happened to not, you know, he happened to survive it, but he didn't do it expect to survive. And, and, it, and
0: with with the best of intentions and with a clear head, he kind of decided that's what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then, having survived that, he had the shit I was going to die yeah um, and there's stuff and there's things and there's people coming and there's I'm not good enough because you know I thought I was you know the the inventor of the Jericho missile and you know this weapons expert and blah 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 and you know single handedly I can drink myself out of this problem um, and and it wasn't enough and I, I was very close And and Doctor Strange hasn't had that moment yet, so he's kind of the cool uncle um, who then very quickly blames everything else, everyone else, when everything goes wrong. Mm. Um, You know, he's not quite as good as he thinks he is. Um, Chip on his shoulder because he's no longer able to call himself the Sorcerer Supreme. Um, And yeah, it just it just is a bit. He's he's. A cranky little arsehole. Mm. Um, which will be interesting to see how that plays out in, in the multiverse when we see various versions of the cranky little arsehole, it seems. Um, but going back to this, I mean, you know, I I think there were points that, that that cheapened some of Doctor Strange as well in the sense of, you know, Ned can do magic. Well, mm. all right. I mean, wasn't there like entire training montages of hidden monasteries in whatever to... I didn't realise you just had to kind of, you know, pick up the ring and wave your hand around a bit. Hmm. Um, so it was. It, there were kind of weird beats that they were trying to build in, but I think for, you know, that kind of climactic feel, it's it's the first Phase Four movie that's had that kind of <coughs> feeling. I think um you know akin to avengers and infinity war and a few, yeah. and civil war and a few others it's kind of it, it's it's uh it's a a chapter piece rather than just you know like a oh and here's like a funny little aside of something that's happening somewhere
1: yeah
0: um and i i really enjoyed that element to it um and it's interesting like spider-man
1: and ant-man were always intentionally the kind of the aside films right yeah So you had after Avengers I think you had Ant-Man it was a little aside intentionally a very small film and then after oh, sorry, after Ultron was Ant-Man and then um, Ant-Man 2 again and Far From Home similarly uh, and uh, uh, sorry yeah Homecoming and Far From Home all kind of small films intentionally very very small films then it ended up being an ending exactly as you say but an ending not just to the films you thought you were watching really fucking cool. I didn't know I needed actually, um, you know, uh, just to see how uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man ended, and you know that that Andrew Garfield Spider Man begins in a dark park and all that kind of stuff. I didn't know I didn't need to see that, but it was amazing.
0: the The, the rehabilitation it does on a lot of stuff. You know, your your last Tobey Maguire experience isn't in dancing down the street with black hair yeah. your last andrew garfield experience isn't you know amazing spider-man two. your last elect that um you know they don't all all of the villains don't go out for very silly reasons like they really? had done in the original films um because they didn't understand how to not finish the story with killing everyone um all of that's really kind of, it does a lot of lifting in regards to rehabilitation. I mean, you know, the, I always thought that um, Andrew Garfield played a good Spider-Man, but I didn't like his Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's given more here. You know, there's more to his character. There's more, you know, he's got like an arc, basically. He's got bits that he can Playthrough and and have a little bit more kind of character to him rather than, you know, what he had previously. Um, so yeah, I I like the fact that it kind of rehabilitates them. Did it make you want to go back and watch the other five Spider-Man films?
2: No, uh, I saw. Um, the first um, Andrew Garfield one. After this one, and how was that? Um, it played better, I think. There, there were certain bits that I, I kind of thought, hang on, He's this kid? And you know, he figured out this formula just like that, literally. This, this other man, the Doctor, who went on to become uh, the. What's his name? Lizard. Lizard. Um, Dr. Connors. That's it. Um, you know, spent an entire lifetime trying to figure out this formula. Um,
0: things yeah. like that. It's, it's... And, and, and I... One I... the issues that that amazing Spider-Man had was it tried to borrow a lot from um, some of the ultimate universe Spider-Man. So, you know, Richard and, and whatever Parker were... Sp- I wanted to say May, but it's not, is it? I can't remember what his mum's name is. Um but uh were actually spies working for mm. shield and you know, mysterious deaths and blah 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 rather than you know just that they weren't around, that they died. Um
1: yeah, that was it was trying to build things, wasn't it? We're building this mm. analytics and we're building this mystery around your parents and you know, laying the ground up for all this stuff. And, it- and sacrificing Gwen it- Stacy,
0: you know, we'll give you a, a proper relationship and then kill her off so that you can then go off and do something. And, and you know, I'm all right with us not getting those stories, but hearing kind of, you know, rough. So hearing that he did go off and become fairly dark and yeah, you know, yeah, quite yeah. brutal and vicious and, you know, wasn't your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Also,
1: you know, I mean, when you talk about going back and rewatching, you know, it it clearly wasn't the plan that's been seen through. So it's not like, oh, did they lay the groundwork for this back then? Like, that's not a thing, right? No. Um, I, I I do enjoy the old films quite a lot. I, there's a lot to that. That's sort of tough to get through. Um, but I think you know, I don't know. When you're rewatching things, you kind of zone in and out, don't you? And you just zone out. Crappy yes. bits, really. So ignore the spy parents, but like the second film, Andrew Garfield, him in the suit swinging around, it's just, you know, really just, it's there. You're there with him as he's doing it, like that opening scene of, um, you know, the the wind in his back and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just so powerful. Um, and then, yeah, you're right, he, his Peter was all over the place. What I quite liked here was that it wasn't, and I think this was a thing of when we watched the films back then, you know, each cinematic version was kind of supposed to be the definitive version. And that never worked because he was cool and had a skateboard and a cool haircut and all that kind of stuff. And it didn't really make sense.
0: And 25.
1: Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I, th- I think Toby Maguire looked older, in fairness.
0: Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, Aunt May in the new films looks younger than Toby Maguire did in the original film. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. That didn't
2: need to happen. So Aunt May is the new Uncle Ben.
1: But I felt like Tony Stark was already the Uncle Ben. I felt like he'd had it already. He didn't need a second one.
0: But it's it, it yes, but uh and he's almost you know, we we've never really covered what happened to Uncle Ben in this setup. We've assumed it's it was what happened to make him want to be Spider Man, but it seems it may not have been. Um, you know, it is it, I think it was uh, well, for where the story ended up, you needed for it to happen
1: he, you know, um, yeah, True it's just, so he when he first met Tony uh, in Civil War, and he said why do you do this? And he said, when you can do what I do you've got to, so basically he he recited the line in a different way, so he yes. already had that sense anyway, and then we got an entire film, Far From Home of him moping about his dead dad, right? And he kept seeing pictures of Tony and spray-painted Tonys on the wall and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's like, all right, fair enough. You're really you're really going through it and he's given you all this. He's, it was kind of a nice twist on it because it wasn't just power and responsibility, but here's some extra power, mate. You know, we have really upped your game. Um, you know, not just ca- can you handle the responsibility that you've found, but here's some more, can you deal with that? So, yeah, just for his arc, I just felt like, you know what? I just want more Marissa to me on speed. I think that's
0: what I'm crying about. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was quite the emotional kick in the balls, wasn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't expecting
0: that. Um, and it was done, you know, in a, in a very kind of delayed way. Yeah. Um which which I think added to it because you kinda of have that, oh phew, everyone's okay kind of element. And then Yeah. Turns out not so much. Um so yeah, I think I but I mean i I guess you needed something to give him stakes.
1: Stakes. And also just take him out of high school. You know, with I know, yeah. I know uh, Tom Holland's face doesn't seem to age and he could play a 16 year old for the next 25 years but you know now now we're at Peter in shitty apartment and I mean okay he's not going to work for the Daily Bugle but you know we can have that Peter and, which could move to the leading Peter and all that kind of stuff so you, you, you needed to kind of move it along now and, and I- it had time to breathe we had enough of teenage Peter Parker And you've got things like Kamala Khan coming up now. So so the teenage, the the joy, we've always said this, right? The joy of the MCU, uh, which you've never had in comics, is the actors and the stories and the characters actually age out and you will get a new generation. We're not going to be watching, reading Batman for the next 75 years in the MCU.
2: So can can I ask a question then? So the final scene in this is um, uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker swinging around um uh, mm-hmm. being back to his friendly neighborhood spider-man mm-hmm. because obviously none of no one in the mm-hmm. world knows who spider-man is anymore mm. so where does spider-man in terms of this particular spider-man go from here
1: there's no goodwill towards him there's no hey you were once an avenger and Tony mm. of you you literally have nothing this is it's kind of like core spider-man stories right People are gonna yeah. be pissed off at you, you're trying to save the world, you're probably gonna blame yourself for everything. It's real like
0: classic Spider Man
1: stuff,
0: I think. And it's 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 you know, can't catch a parker, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's it's you've got this desire because of what Art May said and because of your know, what your principles were already to go and, and you know, save people and do everything else you can, but at the same time that's not paying the rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have, you know, Happy's incredible apartment that you can just kind of go and bum in and whatever else. Um, and it's, it, I mean, it's taken away every support element for him mm-hmm. because because no one knows who he is. So he's no longer, you know, considered an, an Avenger or, you know, he's no longer, you know, got Doctor Strange's number, for instance, you know, all of that kind of disappears. Um, you have to kind of go some way with, with you know, belief in the sense that you know the video has also disappeared and Flash Thompson's book has also disappeared and all of the news all of the um, journalists who were chasing him mm-hmm. all of their work has also di- okay um, but yeah it's it It feels like a far smaller film in the sense of you know it, it's just Peter Parker against whatever comes next mm-hmm. and I guess if we assume what comes next is Venom, because of the mid credit scene, then you know what's to stop him just going to Scott Lang or know yeah. the Hulk or someone and going, Hi, this suit's weird. They
1: struggled with this in you know post Avengers, right? They kept having to make excuses for why every adventure they didn't just go and call their mates up. And they had like these random one-liners trying to explain it away and stuff like that. You know, now you've really given... Because Spider-Man works best, really, I think, on his own. And this particular Spider-Man came in through as Iron Man's protege from the very start. Yeah. You know, he was part of a team from the very beginning. So now we get to see some real...
0: Yeah. Was, was totally kitted out. So, you know, he was... Uh, all, as as much as he was clever in the sense if he could, you know, rework or or, you know, reverse engineer or whatever the Stark tech he was given a uh, you know an ai and a fully automated suit so this is him kind of back to basics this is him in his homemade red and blue suit, this is you know him with far less kind of um frills on and and to to your point the other reason we need him to age out and not be 16 year old peter parker is you cannot have 16-year-old peter parker and introduce miles morales mm. yes absolutely right you've got to have him move yeah. on yes so that he can have that mentor relationship with the young kid who's you know he can see himself in mhm which then kind of you know links to Ms. marvel
1: mhm God, it's exciting. I'm really excited. See, I'm excited for the Miles Morales introduction, whenever that comes. I'm excited to see this Peter grow up. I, 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 it, I just feel excited about the MCU again. No.
0: It was... Um, I, I think it did. Do you think this film would have worked if Spider-Verse hadn't treaded the path already? I think
1: we needed to understand the language cinematically of uh, parallel dimensions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, we've talked about how, you know, originally at every, in the 90s it explained what an EMP was every single time. An EMP, yes, it's an electromagnetic plus, you know, and then we got to a point where you just say it and we don't get it, right? None of us have seen an EMP in real life. No one, I don't know if it actually works that way, but in in the world of cinema, someone says the word EMP. I'm like, right, someone's going to press a thing. And everyone within a certain radius, their electronics will switch off. That's how much I understand of it.
0: It's um, going to gonna have a, like a weird kind of sound
1: because that's what Yeah, exactly right. Exactly that, right? Uh, uh, and so, you know, cinema has educated us along that route. And I think we had to get there with parallel dimensions as well. So this film benefited from not having to explain a parallel dimension. What's that? Well, it's a world where right? everything's the same, but things are a little bit different. You know all of that bullshit. Like we've been we've been educated along that way. Um, Spider Verse did a big way a big step of that. I don't think Spider Verse was the only one that did that. Um, so I think what it owes to Spider Verse mostly is that paving the way of just you know getting audiences really really comfortable with this concept of of parallel dimensions.
0: I'm not sure whether there was a point that it convinced. Sony, I would imagine more than that this is a story worth telling Mm. Um, in the sense of, yeah, you know, it it might sound kind of bizarre of like, here's multiple Spider-Men from different dimensions all coming through and whatever. Um, But actually people like it. Sony's
1: track record is someone tries to make, someone makes a Spider-Man film and then they're going to make a sequel and Sony come and say, you know, these 15 plot points you have, that's not enough double it then double it again yeah but that
0: uh, that they're, they're not looking to build on stuff that's gone previous it's like ah oh, fuck it let's yeah. go back to zero let's start again so yeah, uncle true. Ben
1: that's very true um yeah yeah uh oh uh, yeah that's very true i I I think it's all come together so well I mean the original so the spider verse I can't remember what it was called but the spider verse thing in the comics right they had yeah. a mention for um. There was one point where two Spider-Men met up, and then one goes, Oh my God, I saw one of us, and he looks like the guy from Seabiscuit. And the other goes, Oh, yeah, one of us looks like (laughs) the guy from the social network. And that's as close as you got to mentioning that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And then there was the one in the 90s cartoon, I think, where they did the multiple Spider's web and stuff like that. You know, I just thought you're just going to get little callbacks like that, you know, uh, and you'd have to kind of make the connection yourself. I don't know. It just came out at the perfect time where. As I say, as an audience we're educated far enough that we get this power dimension stuff. Just like we get time travel really easily and we get EMPs and stuff like that. Power Dimensions work for us now. Um Yeah. But you know, at the same time, I think everything here is a debt to Spider-Verse because Spider-Verse is amazing. Yeah. Um That
0: that's so I'm a wrong. Spider-Man film. I love this
1: one, but Spider-Verse still wins.
0: What do you think
2: B? Um yeah, I, I loved um Miles Bonares. Um I think the animation I think I, I to be honest, I think animations for me are, are absolutely superb because you can absolutely make anything happen in them. Um, you know, there's there's no limits to imagination there.
0: So you're telling me um, if Legends of Tomorrow was an animated show?
2: Maybe. We get a
1: legal
0: surprise for you They must have done an animated episode by now mm. I'm sure you'll let me know I, I, Although they may have just decided to go Puppets or Claymation instead Yes. Yeah um, Yeah, no, I mean, it was It was um... Incredible, and and there's so much we haven't talked about. So many kind of you know funny lines, killer lines. Mm. Talked about any of the villains? We've not talked about any of the the, the, the teases. We've not talked about any of that. So um, yeah, really just incredible. Um, do you know what John? What's next film is meant to be? Breakfast Club remake. Very close. Mm. He is down to direct. So the next thing on his IMDb is a um, uh, a TV series, a pilot for a TV series that's he's in post production. Following that, his next credit in pre-production currently is Fantastic. Hey, excellent Mm. choice! Fantastic choice. It does feel like a really good choice, doesn't it? Because I mean, it had. It had the heart. It had the yes. the family, which is the bit that I think Fantastic Four has missed so yes. many times. Absolutely. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what he can do with that because, you know, it's the same, it, it, It's a similar beat, isn't it? So. That's excellent. Great choice.
2: They haven't announced any casting or anything, have they? No. They have
0: not. No. Okay. They haven't announced anything at all. Um, we do know some master physicists who turned up in division who might be cast. <laughs> 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 um, so I think we are all in agreement in some way, shape, or form that, that Spider-Man Far From Home hit the target. Hmm. <laughs> And if you are speaking of hitting the target, there is only one person you can really speak of. Green Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Two people you can really speak of, but only one of them's had a series that's just finished on Disney Plus. Bullseye? Three people you can speak of, one of which is. Uh, so Hawkeye finished season finale of Hawkeye. Um, and uh, we. Went off air mere hours before episode five, uh, went live, um, and we ended with the speculation that you know, with the rumours of Charlie Cox being Matt Murdoch in um, No Way Home, and with the rumours of Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Could we have them both on the same day, in essence? And we did. We had Vincent D'Onofrio's return in Kingpin uh, on the same day that Charlie Cox returned as Daredevil, which was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, called it. So, series six—the uh, series came to an end with episode six. Um, B, how did you find? the end of Hawkeye
2: I absolutely loved it um, I thought it was brilliant um, kept me completely engrossed um, loved the king ping um, element um, confused at the end a little bit um, but hey you know I'm sure he's, he's got a few more episodes that he's going to appear in. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. It was such a fun um, series. Um, and I know we'll be talking about it imminently. Um, so I'll tell you why I loved it when we come to talk about it.
1: Oh, oh we talking about it
2: now. Well, we're talking about Hawkeye, but in terms of ranking and stuff like that.
0: T? Right. Um,
1: um, yeah, so. Yeah, Hawkeye overall. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's been a really fun show. Um, the Daredevil. Dare, sorry, the Kingpin thing. I love seeing Vincent D'Onofrio again. Absolutely. Not sure I loved him getting his ass whooped. Um, or that he was sort of super powered. Um, so that stuff threw me a little bit. Um it's weird, right? So he's only really threatening if you've seen the Daredevil show, right? Because they, okay they're building up to oh there's a guy, there's a guy, I don't want to tell you who he is. Oh my god, oh my god, it's the guy. And then you see it's Kingpin. Okay, fine. Um, but if you haven't watched and I was watching it well, I'm watching Hawkeye with my wife, but she hadn't seen Daredevil. Um, so I had to be like, oh, this guy's big, it's a big deal. Because she was like, oh, what is this Hawaiian shirt, dude? Um, and the thing that she thought made him a threatening guy is just his physical prowess, that, you know, he could shake off yeah. being run over by a car. And I was trying to say, like, no, 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 that's that's not a thing. He's just really fucking scary. And I like, no, he's not. He's just a superpowered beast. And, it, yeah, that really bothered me. And I just, I, I don't know. I I understand this is post-Blip and he's probably had a hard few years and it's probably all over the place or whatever. It just, this, uh, it it felt like a misstep of what is an absolutely amazing character. Vincent um, uh, D'Onofrio's Kingpin. I mean, Daredevil, in particular season one, was for me a 50-50 show between the two of them. You know, it was both their stories. beautifully. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and he's just so beautifully written, so beautifully portrayed, all of this stuff then just to see him be this kind of big brawler guy um who also then just sort of gets his ass whipped by um by the new girl and her mum. Yeah, yeah so that I, I didn't love that aspect of it. It's not enough to ruin the whole show for me. The show was still a laugh. Um but that was my least favorite part of it.
0: No, I think that in a weird way we got too much Kingpin. Mm. Mm. Um because for me he is, you know, and and you know he has a a history of you know he's not fat it's muscle and he is strong and he is imposing and he is well trained and and various other things, um, and you see that in in the Daredevil show as well you, you know you you know and and in Punisher as well he has a, a, a fight in the prison with him, so you you do get to see that he is physically dominant, um, but his his bigger thing is the fact that he is so in with organized crime and you know he has the ability to have these things happen at a single word um, so him f- having to do these things himself feels um,
1: off um, it's meant to be a thing with him right so it's after you get through the hordes and hordes of henchmen he's the final boss right yeah almost like each time you get there you forget that this guy, you know, him then actually throwing down is, is kind of shocking because you're like, no, I'm just going, you know, I've got through all the whores and I've got through all the henchmen, i got through all the guns. i got through fucking bullseye to get to this guy, I've won now. And then suddenly he shrugs off his coat and he's just a beast, right? Not just he's just straight in there fighting Kate Bishop for some reason.
0: Yeah. um, And that's the thing, and maybe this is a kingpin who after daredevil and after the blip doesn't have the, the level of industry that around him doesn't have the level of protection around more street level, but um, no, you, you didn't get there. There was nothing in, in Hawkeye itself that made you realize why Clint Barton was so Clint Barton, who is a kick-ass shield agent with, a lot of superhero friends who are desperate to avoid the glance of the kingpin. I mean, also, Clint Barton who doesn't even live
1: in New York. It's not someone yeah. who's grown up with the shadow of the king. You know, he's a guy who lives on a fucking farm somewhere and he's afraid of this guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, as Ronan has cut through God knows how many gangsters. Mm. Um but couldn't get to the kingpin or was too scared Mm -hmm. to the point where it rather than like, fuck it. I'll put an arrow in his head from 300, 300 miles away was more to the point of like, you know, I was so desperate to avoid him. Mm. And his wife also turns out to be a shield agent, but even her knows, you know, the big guy. So yeah, it felt a little bit kind of um, off. It's really interesting. So I was I was listening to um, Fat Man Beyond over the last couple of days, which is talking about what um, first thing that you really need to have watched other stuff to understand. There's usually like an element of like you know if you've seen the other stuff beforehand, then you you almost get bonus points. But if you haven't, let me tell you about. Yeah. And, and with Hawkeye, both um, Yelena and Kingpin, they expect you to have done the homework. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and for me, what was interesting is Yelena at least is Disney Plus, mm-hmm. so you can you can make the assumption that if your audience is watching Hawkeye on Disney Plus then they have, or at least could, on Disney Plus and fill in the gaps. So this is the first one that's completely
2: out. Yeah. But do you need to have, I mean, they set up the big bad. They said there was someone above Kate Bishop's mum that was all powerful and mighty. I, mean, I fine, think... We know the Daredevil run We, we know who Kingpin is But if someone is just watching With fresh eyes Who who has never seen Daredevil I don't think they've missed that much By not knowing Kingpin And that's perhaps one of the reasons Why they've remodelled it And, and made Kingpin slightly Less scary so I absolutely they're... agree he's, he's a beast in, in Daredevil Um
1: that's what happened with my wife. Me. So, you know, she she hadn't seen Daredevil mm-hmm. and she just thought, right, okay, she's fighting this kind of gangster dude. I mean, if that's all you're getting from it, it didn't have to be Kingpin. It just could have been a random henchman who was quite big. Could have been one of the bros, but like a big one. You know, he didn't bring in any Kingpin level scariness to this. Mm. It's a weird thing, weird reason to do it, right? So, what? Why are we doing it to give? Because cause Hawkeye's eventual battle needs to be with Yel- uh, Elena. And and again, annoyingly, it's one of those battles where uh, if you just stopped and talked, you wouldn't be fighting. Uh, okay. Well, that's that. Spoilers. That's
0: kind of how it ends. It's
1: just like yeah,
0: your sister talks about you. Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean, you know. just shout that as you're running in. You know what I mean? Batman versus Superman. It's like, shout as you're running in this Mr. Mixley. No, a... Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's a shame we've gone down to that level. And then so Kate needed a big win. I get that. It should have been someone set up from the start throughout. Not this random throwback to Kingpin who then she beats and you know, and now Kate's on too much of a high. So on her first outing she's beat the Kingpin.
0: I uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, or or survived the kingpin, but yeah, either way it's not um uh, it doesn't quite um it feels like it's kind of it done him a bit dirty and then with the the tease that maybe he's been shot at the end of the world, at the end as well, I don't think that was was overly required either. No. Man,
2: um, do you think that's the end of Kingpin's appearance in MCU? No, no.
1: that would be awful if they just brought him back for that. You know, because then he had a much better ending already. He, his story was very well to- told. And it's a real shame Vincent Duroffrey came back for like the sonning of his character.
0: Yeah, um, I, 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 I hope that there's more to this story with them. Um, very much so. Um, I guess we will see. But I, you know, we've got an Echo show coming up, and having Kingpin as the foil to that seems to makes sense. Um, we've got She-Hulk, which we know is going to have legal skullduggery. Um, so Kingpin involved in, in that in some sort of organized crime sort of way might make sense. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's places where he can comfortably live and be involved. Overall, though, how satisfied were you with the ending of it?
2: I loved it. I think you tied up all the loose ends. Um, I think we've said goodbye to Clint Barton. Um, he's f- firmly handed over the archering duties. Is that what we call it?
1: Has it? Is, it, is it? is this his
0: goodbye, you reckon? I, I think so. Okay. I mean, he does give her the name, doesn't he? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I
1: uh, I mean so the, the payoff for the watch didn't feel like very much to me. No. Um you yeah. know. Because there was a bit oh, what is it about what is it? Oh she just made it. Yeah, okay, fine.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, all crazy. this for a watch, I mean if if that had gone into someone's hands, what's that gonna tell them?
0: You know, well, I, well but it wasn't so much about what it would tell them; it was about it was for the fact that it was her watch.
1: Yeah, it's just that the, you know the big reveal of it just didn't feel worth the effort. You know, didn't feel worth the setup. Okay, yes, his wife is an ex-agent. We're not going to do anything with that information.
0: Just well, it's not. So, I mean, technically, it's not just any old agent, is it? Because Agent Nineteen bird. was Mockingbird, but yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it's one of you have to be pretty deep in the lore you know, oh that means something rather than just like oh all right she was an ancient which we probably already kind of worked out from a very cool demeanour about all of this and be, mm-hmm. being able to speak all the languages and yeah
1: Bobby Morse not Bobby Drake Bobby, Morse, Bobby Drake is Iceman <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, and Mockingbird was in. Um, she was in Ages of Shield, wasn't she? She
0: was. Yeah. Which is uh, which has made certain people unhappy, oh. because the the feeling is that it's kind of retconned. Yeah. Then, um, I mean, in essence, just like Double Oh Seven, you know, there could be more Mockingbirds. Yeah. It just it,
1: we, it, it it wasn't worth it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't worth going through that for nothing. You know. I think, yeah. So we saw more Mockingbird in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. than we did here, and it's not worth writing all of that off to kind of, oh, I don't know. So, I mean, the show was fun overall. It was a fun ending. There were fun parts to it, but and uh, the lift battle with Yelena and uh, I think it was just amazing. In fact, all of the Yelena and Kate Bishop interactive. For yeah. That's so that's cool. really the the, sa- the savior of the
0: show for me. I mean, Elena and Kate is the show I want to see coming out yes. of this. Yeah,
1: absolutely right. Um, well, yeah,
0: that's fine. So, um, uh, Hawkeye and No Way Home represent the number eight and number nine of. Uh, Marvel products, Marvel shows, Marvel entities, Marvel licenses um, that we had in 2021. Um, So uh, in no particular order at this point. Um, Well, no, we we, will be able to go through them. But yes, so we've got nine in total. Um, So I thought what would be fun, because I'm mean, is for us to rank our favorite to least favorite of the Marvel uh, given in in 2021 um, uh, so that we could kind of see where our lists are. Um, This is obviously just, um, you know, just Marvel properties so number nine doesn't mean it's the worst thing that we've seen all year it just means out of the nine Marvel things it's our least favorite in the same way that number one doesn't mean it's the best thing we've seen all year it just means out of the Marvel things it is our most favorite um and all of those disclaimers because the internet's a a shouty place done Mm -hmm. um we can um uh have a look at the lists so usually when I do these sort of things, I um, I mean, and I make you two go first, but I will I will go first this this time, um, first time, last time of twenty twenty two. So in my uh, ninth position, I put Eternals. Mm-hmm. Eighth, I had What If. Uh, seventh, I had Black Widow. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was sixth. I then had Loki, WandaVision above that, Shang-Chi above that. And then my top two were Hawkeye and then No Way Home at the very top. Now, I'm trying to work out and I've <laughs> whether Hawkeye is that good or that fresh. In the sense, it's, it's the latest of the series I've seen, so it's kind of stayed with me more. Um, but we, we can have that conversation. Um who would like to go next?
2: Gomby. Okay. So I, th- I think I'd have to agree with Eternals being my least favourite of the Marvel productions in 2021. Um followed probably by what if, so I agree with you there as well. Um then I would say Falcon Winter Soldier. Then I'll say Sang Chi. Then I would say uh, Black Widow. Then Loki. Then Hulk, uh no Spider-Man and then Hawkeye. And you're missing Wondervision. Oh Wonder Vision. Ah, that screws everything up then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I knew I should have written them down on a list. Piece of paper. <laughs> I would put One Division in. So let's do that again. So Eternals. What so if... shall I
0: list and then you can tell me where you can where, where you'd place okay, One Division. So nine to one for you. We have Eternals, What mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Shang Chi, Uh Black Widow,
2: Uh
0: Loki, Spider Man, Hawkeye. Right. So
2: I would put One Division just below Loki.
0: So between Loki and Black Widow.
2: Yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: Okay. So So I found this list quite hard to do because. um, yeah it's really hard to compare tv to films i think um broadly agree i think there's a few standout differences so my least favorite i've got here is black widow actually oh,
2: um, interesting
1: followed by uh what if as our consistent number eight for everyone um, and then i've put eternal so in terms of films i put eternals above black widow and that yeah, I just think I don't know. I, I gave Eternals the credit of at least they tried to do something different, should have been a TV show, whatever. Um, then Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, and then Hawkeye for me. So I know you guys topped with Hawkeye, but it's firmly in the middle for me. Um, then we get the kind of the the more exciting ones for me, so Shang-Chi, One uh, WandaVision, uh, Spider-Man, and then my top
0: was Loki. Okay. So, Loki at the very top.
1: Loki at the very top,
0: yeah. So, I felt
1: like... Um, I mean, the, the good bits of Black Widow were the Yelena things, that's the bit that I... Think.
0: Yes. And, so. and, and I think that's the thing that saved it for me. Mm. Um, I liked what Eternals was trying to do with the world building. Mm. But... It's one of those that you kind of walk away and you can't really... Quote anything, or you know, that scene yeah. where, yeah,
1: um,
0: mm-hmm. and Black Widow had some of those, pretty much because of Elena, um, but not just because of Elena, you know, Red Guardian and, and various yeah, others, but, but, good. um, it, you know, it was I that was the thing that made the difference for me. That was the, I, I think that Black Widow was, um. A smaller film in a lot of ways um, than Eternals, especially, but mm. it did. It did uh, I had quite the right mix of kind of, you know, spectacle, humor, and heart. Um, and I thought Shang Chi and, and Spider Man personally were above them on in that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, for for me. Black Widow and Eternals are just were well, the bottom two of the films, and you know, they could kind of go either way. I've said before my one of my ways of trying to try judge things, these properties is would I rewatch? Because we're always going to watch them when they come out. That's never in doubt for us. Um, and I just think I'm. I, I found Black Widow uh, quite a hard watch, um, and Eternals was boring, but it was kind of a bit easier. So maybe I would I'm more likely to rewatch Eternals and Black Widow. Um, oh. But yeah, Black Widow. I think Black Widow possibly had more highlights. Um, I, I I laughed more. I probably enjoyed more bits of Black Widow than I did Eternals. I think I just found parts of it much harder to watch. Eternals. It, it it could go either way. I'm quite comfortable shifting those around. You know, but if you ask me tomorrow, I probably would have shifted around.
2: <laughs> I thought um, Black Widow was a fun movie. I thought I I felt it was an easier watch than Eternals. I. I Got confused with Eternals. I didn't think the storytelling was very good in Eternals.
1: You know, I just really struggled a lot with um, just, <laughs> and this is why it's a good film. say so it's a terrible, saying, oh but the whole you know the the family and it all being torn apart and stuff like that and sort of a depression through it, that all just made it really hard to want to watch. And you know, I think what I wanted from, I really like. Black Widow's mysterious character and, and I also do like she got to make the sacrifice in um, in Endgame it's just like her big thing was you know how she would get people to confess to stuff how she'd get you thinking one thing and twist it around all that kind of stuff uh, I don't know I just wanted to see some of that rather than I'm smashing my head against a thing to make my head bleed and I'm sort of blowing to, to break her
0: nose yeah uh, you know.
2: Hmm.
0: After getting him to confess over something which really wouldn't, you know, it was more kind of like, you know, megalomani- megalomaniacal cackling, let me tell you my evil plan, rather than, you know, I've, I've tricked you into telling me, like, you know, Loki, for instance.
2: Yeah,
1: so the callback I would have loved isn't, hey, she did the hair flip thing, you know, that that Elena was teasing her about. But it's the whole. This is my use. This is the thing I bring that none of the rest of these Avengers, these, these gods and superpowered whatever, bring. You know, I'm really fucking clever. Um, I'm really good at playing people. They sent me off to Bruce Banner for a reason. I'm very fucking good at playing people. You know, and we didn't see that. We just thought, oh, you do really cool backflips and shit.
0: Um, one division and Loki. Are pretty close on all of our mm. um, elements, and and I think those two, with the exception of Hawkeye, and I do wonder whether Hawkeye has a little bit of, of newness bias. Yeah, mm. that's the words I'm looking for. Um, but Loki and One Division are, are, are two that have held up quite strongly compared to some of the other ones. What's wh- why do you think that is? What did you resonate with Loki and One Division that you didn't resonate with? What if Falcon and Winter Soldier? They just did something different, didn't they? And I think that's the other reason I probably pushed
1: Eternals up a little bit. I thought they were trying to do something a bit different, and that was it. with you know One Division was just breaking from the mold. I mean, we watched the first three episodes of that, first two episodes on a weekly thing, and still came back for episode three. First two episodes were just fucking sitcoms. It was weird, man. Yeah. yeah, and it was the first show to come out. It's not like you already had things like Loki and be like, no, no, no trust Marvel. That we know what that. It was fucking weird, and just the, the the bollocks to do that. I think needs to be credited. Um, Loki was like, was again really different and really kind of high concept and all over the place. And you know, at one point, he's falling in love with himself and all these kind of weird things that are sort of been thrown around. Um, and I think that's exactly what you need. I think, you know, you did superheroes really, really well. You did high-level superhero stuff really well with your Infinity Saga. You've done low-level superhero stuff really well with, like, Daredevil and Jessica Jones and things like that. This stuff is weird and interesting. And that's probably where um, maybe Hawkeye and Falcon... We're, I mean, I love, like, shows like that. I love all the espionage and the spycraft shit and all that kind of stuff, and I love... You know, buddy comedies, and and in theory, Falcon and Winter Soldier and the two Hawkeyes hanging out would be like my dream shows. Um, but it, yeah, it didn't feel new. It didn't feel new and interesting. Whereas Loki and One really did. Didn't see them coming at all. Never saw them coming. <laughs>
2: B. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. One um, Division was. Absolutely awesome. It, you know, don't get me wrong, it was it was completely different. I loved the fact that it was different. Um I just it just annoyed me because obviously there was so much speculation, it was <laughs> this place. <laughs> it really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, big for them. I, I am <laughs> you got the
1: Agatha all along from
2: yeah, I know. I know, but And, and Ralph Boner. <laughs> yeah, that, that annoyed me as well. Um you know, Loki was again equally as different. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Quick question. So I wonder if you had watched One Division, if you'd binged One Division, right, so you wouldn't have time to stop and think and theorize. You just went straight through all the way through i wonder if we would have
2: felt, felt quite differently about it mm. interesting point
0: sorry i wonder whether they would have to be on the list if they were bingeable you know mm-hmm. uh, you know and we're not doing a netflix one at least not today but you know does anyone remember what happened in jupiter's, jupiter's legacy does anyone remember what um, half yeah. of the stuff that we've we've watched at such pace because it was all there and bingeable
2: Mm. yeah true true i mean it's interesting interesting comparison you know if you compare our our list it's interesting to see how many films how the films fare with the tv shows shows um i think that's an interesting comparison Mm. Yeah, but, you know, Loki was, again, something very different. And I think going forward, Loki, what's happened in Loki is is going to have a far-reaching effect. I mean, it's already started to have a far-reaching effect in all the Marvel movies going forward. Um, so from that perspective, yeah, I, I, I think Loki slightly edged wonder for me. Um, and in answer to your question with, with regards to Haw- Hawkeye, for me, I had absolutely zero expectations of of Hawkeye, and I think that's possibly why it's I, I enjoyed it so much more because I would had absolutely nothing that I was going to expect. In fact, I, I think in a previous show I, I said one, you know, Hawkeye was probably the show that I was least looking forward to, um, because you know, who wants to see? A TV series about a man with a bow and arrow. <laughs> Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And 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 you know, I think that's that's one of the things is, um, I think if if the order had been reversed and Hawkeye was first, I wonder how many people would have slept on it because, you know, that's that's what you are starting us off with is is Hawkeye, um, and in the same way, I wonder if. One division would have been received differently because, you know, we wouldn't have maybe expected the twists and turns and and um, uh, cameos and things that that we did with One Division because we would have had our tempers, our expectations tempered um, through the other films. Um, you know, I mean, you know, Hawkeye, uh, Hawkeye's cameo of, of Kingpin felt huge Um, Mm. it's not actually you know that world breakingly huge but you know it it felt big because it was a theory that actually paid off compared to pretty much all the rest of them Mm
2: -hmm. yeah no I agree
0: an interesting list I mean uh, again you know Eternals ninth on my list I enjoyed the film you know it's it's not you know the worst thing I've watched this year by an absolute mile Mm -hmm. um it's just out of them it was probably my least favorite but still very very good and and one that I will watch again Black Widow I've not watched again yet and Shang-Chi I've not watched again yet um Black Widow feels like one that I'm going to probably skip yeah. rather than watch you know end to end i don't need to to watch a 15 minute conversation about whether he can or cannot um mm-hmm. <laughs> for no payoff um so yeah it's it's um i think they're all pretty damn impressive um and i think any of those could and probably have um, been our recommendation but they are not this week's so let's go into our recommendations and tell people what we think they should be keeping themselves entertained with in the two weeks before we come back. Um V, would you like to start?
2: Uh, thank you. Yes, um, I'd like to go first so that T can't do my recommendation. <laughs> so this week, I'd like to recommend a Netflix show, which um, is The Witcher, uh, season two, uh, which appeared um, recently on Netflix, and I binged. Over a Saturday And early hours of Sunday morning um, And it's Absolutely superb um, I love the show um, The characters are great It's brilliantly written Brilliantly acted um, You know What's not to like about magic Action uh, Monsters um, It's a great mix of darkness Fantasy um, It's just brilliantly shot Um Things brilliant, best thing I've seen so far from Netflix <laughs> 2022.
1: <laughs> yep, yeah, that's a, a really great shout out. Yeah, it took me a little bit longer to binge it, but we binged it and, and, and loved it as well. Um, in between the two years that it's taken for season two to come out, I've read. Mm half of the books or something like that i actually can't remember where i stopped midway um and it's interesting to see some of the stories from the books make it onto screen as well um i don't know it's really fun what i will say to viewers if you haven't already seen the show and you want to watch it now in the you know um, uh, episode list or whatever and then you go to and more where the trailers are there's a couple of recaps um, I I really would have benefited from watching um, some of the recaps because a lot of the conversation was just going. Oh, wait, wait, was that guy in the show before? Who was that guy again? And I I really you know like halfway through the first episode I was there. I was, actually, no, halfway through, midway through the season actually, because that's when it kind of. So I think I wish I'd just watched a rewatch season one before sitting down for this. Um, but I think the recap probably covers a lot of it. It does make me now feel like I am really looking forward to um seasons one and two together. Um and we'll probably do that sooner rather than later.
2: Mm. Yeah, agree. I mean, there's a whole host of supporting um sort of mini documentaries about various characters and the monsters that appear and the magic, um, etc. So that's well worth looking up as well.
0: It's um, I, I I struggled with series one and I'm, I'm struggling a little with series two. I um, uh, I will get to it. I will I will finish it. But it's not you know. Oh wow! Let me whack that on quickly because I'm I'm keen to see what happens next. Um, I feel it quite ponderous in a lot of
2: places.
0: Wow. Okay. So we will see. We will see. I it, it might click for me, but done didn't really uh, fan of the game, happy to, to watch, you know, magic and dragons and good looking people with swords and all the rest of it. But um you know I I, I should be in the, the, the bag for this and it's not quite grabbing me. But uh, we will we will persevere. We'll see. What hey B, any news on season three?
2: Um, I'm hoping there's going to be one. <laughs> okay. No, i really a... sure
1: it's been agreed. I was wondering if we knew it was coming out next year. No, or, no. Or, uh, but... there was the prequel series, isn't there? Oh no, the yeah. cartoon was
2: a prequel. There's a cartoon that's a prequel. That's right. right. And you recommended that a little while back, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I don't think I have. Um, but but I would do. It's it's definitely worth a watch.
0: Okay. Uh, you recommended m- way- making of The Witcher. Yep. Yeah. You recommended The Witcher itself, um, but no, the cartoon not yet.
1: I can't believe you beat me to recommending both seasons of The Witcher. B. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, thank you, Jay, for letting me go i I'll, I'll get
0: you in two years. <laughs> um, see, what do you want to beat him to in your recommendation?
1: Oh, I might I might shift it from what i planned especially in our earlier conversation. And this is if Jay, you don't stop me and say you recommended it already. Um I've been playing um <laughs> finally, playing Spider Man Miles Morales um on PS four, although I believe it's a PS five game as well. Jay, did you recommend this? Or are you look it up. I did. I did
2: good? uh, uh no.
1: over a year
0: ago.
2: Yeah.
1: Fifty when it actually came out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that case i'll go back to my original recommendation plan so i've been reading well so i've been doing a, a writing course with scott siders uh, he's been doing one online and um rereading because of that his uh, batman comics um so just started with court of owls now i'm onto death of the family it's so good right you know it's it's sort of it's almost like hush levels good is it it's a weird one because he had such a wonderfully long run. You know, it doesn't, I think it doesn't get spoken about in the same breath things like Harsh and Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Returns and, and Long Halloween, which are just fully self-contained, go pick up a singular graphic novel and you're done because this guy did 10 volumes. Um, but the storytelling is definitely on that level. Um, and there's something really nice about, I mean, I, I always like revisiting a comic anyway because when you first read it, it's, you flip through the pages too fast because you're excited to see it. what's next, and you you miss half the art, and you miss half the things. Um, but you know, going back after so long and listening to all sort of you know podcasts and conversations, and and, and and like I said, this guy's course about you know what he thought about as he was writing it, man, it's it's just it's just a wonderful Batman story, um, and it got swallowed up a little bit in the. In the DC reboot stuff but you know I think it was ignored enough you know it's, it's a wonderful Batman story about it starts off with a Batman absolutely at the top of his game you know the kind of Batman you want to see where you know he's just utterly arrogant you know he's, he's kicking ass as Bruce Wayne changing the city he's, he's like just defeating everyone mm-hmm. in Arkham without thinking about it twice um, and the villain isn't what everyone who introduces a new villain does it's just someone who happens to be stronger than Batman and then the following month you know, someone who's beaten very easily. It's, you know, the city itself turning against him. It's Batman's self-belief turning against him. It's it's really wonderfully written. Um a real real piece. Um so yeah, Scott Slider and Greg Greg Capello's uh run in
0: general, but in particular starting with the Court of Owls,
1: who will feature, I believe, in the new Batman film.
0: Gotham Knights. Uh, um, oh, was, yeah, rumoured for the Batman film. They are definitely in the new computer, uh, new video game. Uh, um, I, Gotham uh, Knights. I already
1: feel guilty for now having uh, dressed up in my Court of Owls outfit in Halloween given my previous <laughs> track record. I
0: hope <laughs> no one actually playing a specific talent. Um, I mean, the Court of Owls stuff was was incredible. Um, uh, you know, just just, you know, you don't know your city as much as you think you do. Mm. Um, you know, you, you, you pride yourself on knowing Gotham and Gotham being a character, but actually, you know, it's got layers and it's got secrets that that you haven't been a party to. Um, uh, was, was very, very good. And um, it was, it was one of those villains that wasn't just, you know, this is Batman just an ever so slightly different Batman. Um so, yeah, I thought it was very, uh, very well done. So, good recommendation. Um, mine is inspired by uh, Hawkeye and No Way Home. So, um, after watching uh, Hawkeye in- reappear as Kingpin, after watching No Way Home and watching Charlie Cox reappear as Matt Murdock, who can catch a brick being thrown a window behind him because he's mm-hmm. a good lawyer, um, <laughs> Uh, I was inspired to go back and watch where it all began. So I watched uh, series one of um, Daredevil on Netflix. Um, Just a really incredible telling of Daredevil coming through. Uh, You know, it does such a good job. Exactly as, as, uh, you know, T said earlier in in this, it it does such a great job of building up equally Kingpin, uh, Wilson Fisk and... Matt Murdoch, Daredevil, um, you know why they are doing what they're doing. What drives them? Um, there is a brilliant scene in the last episode where everything's kind of crumbled, and and Vincent D'Onofrio um, reflects on um, the Good Samaritan story from from the Bible, um, and realizes that he isn't the Samaritan trying to save his city. He isn't the victim who got attacked. He isn't any of the people who walked past and didn't everything. He is the, the ill intent that was, that, that, that struck the, the, the missionary, the, 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 the holy man down. Um, and, and realizing and just embracing his, his evilness, uh, from it. it. It's just absolutely fascinating and absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah just just i thought it was it held up just as well on the re- on the rewatch so um i will be going on to series 2 at some point um but series 1 is my recommendation for now
2: good chat
1: excellent again I'm like shocked we've not recommended this already you know some weeks i feel like we struggle to kind of think of something to recommend and some weeks it's just like amazing <laughs> things
0: <laughs> uh i mean you know to, Disclaimer, all of our recommendations are obviously amazing, and you should check them all out. Um, But yeah, some are are better recommendations than others. Um, But there we go. That will do us for the first week of 2022. We'll be back in a fortnight's time to discuss anything else going on, to be honest. Uh, Not Mobius, as that's been pushed back. Sorry, B. B. It's now going to be April never stayed. i know i i don't know what i'm going to do with that weekend now. um uh, but we will come back to talk about everything else going on um if there's anything that you've been watching that you think we should do if you have your own top nine or your, your nine in order list from the marvel products uh then please get in touch at geeking in pod on both instagram and twitter um and we will speak to you again in two weeks time bye bye
1: Adios. Cheerio.
2: Cheerio.